This is episode three of season three of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this episode, I will be interviewing Zach Moreno of Squadcast. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. So this is the year that I decided to launch uh, my very own podcast, and I was going to do it a year ago, but I felt that I still hadn't really carved out exactly what I wanted to do on my show. And over the that time period of a year, I spent a lot of time interviewing solopreneurs and asking them about questions with some of the most common things that they struggle with in their business. And one of the most, uh, I guess, predominant ones was it's lonely. <laughs> and so this is why I, I kind of reinvented this show to include a community-based uh, aspect to it. So it's not just, you know, here's my podcast and this is what, you know, blah, blah, we talk about stuff, right? No, I wanted to really create a community where solopreneurs could share their best practices, uh, talk about their challenges, and just really have as intimate as it is on a podcast also have that intimacy in an environment with other peer solopreneurs. And so that's why I created the community and the Facebook group and so on. And one of the things that uh, as I was in the early days of looking into podcasting and what it was all about, uh, I was referred to uh, try Squadcast. Now Squadcast is a podcast platform and it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's please check it out because I have been using it and it gets the best quality audio and it's a very easy interface and um, it's relatively new on the scene. And one of the things that I had the, the luxury, I guess, of doing is I actually got to talk to the co-founder before I even decided whether or not I wanted to use it. And I usually don't do, <laughs> I don't go to that length when I'm trying a new software, but I had the opportunity to talk to Zach Moreno and he was so forthcoming and we had a wonderful phone conversation. I think we were on the phone for like an hour just talking about my business, talking about Squadcast and asking questions about the tool because at that point I was in that decision making process. And as we had our conversation, I was like, Zach, I said, you're really cool. <laughs> you know, I just, he is such a humble person and he's very customer focused. And he's really being, he and his co-founder for Squadcast are being very thoughtful about how they're developing the product. And they're totally bootstrapping this product. It's not a, a VC funded uh, type of a startup. It's something that they're very passionate about. And this interview is so touching. You will really fall in love with Zach because 
his humility and his dedication and commitment to the customer experience is so obvious in the way we have this conversation. And that right there just makes me want to, you know, shout from the rooftops for people to do business with these guys because they're so awesome. And you'll hear it as you listen to this. And one of the things I just want to point out is as you're listening to this interview, think of how he's responding to my questions and ask yourself those same questions. And even though he is in an IT developer kind of a a business, there's a lot of things that you can parlay into your business. Like if you're a consultant or speaker or some sort of coach where you can deliver the level of confidence and commitment to the customer that he does. So I hope you can really feel that in this interview because I certainly did as I was talking with them. Let's go ahead and listen to my interview with Zach Marino, co-founder and CEO at Squadcast Incorporated. Hey, Zach, thank you so much for being on the Simplify and Multiply show today. How are you? How is it going out on the West Coast? Great, Terry. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Really, really glad we could uh, we could connect and get get on and have a good conversation. It's it's nice and sunny here today, so plan on getting out for a walk a little bit later. Well, I already beat you to it. I had my walk, as you know, I'm on East Coast time, so we're three hours apart, and uh, it's beautiful here in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. So, anyway, nice. I want to go ahead and just kick us off and have you explain. Uh, your role and what you're doing at Squadcast and talk a little bit about the product too, because it is a relatively new product and I love using it. I'm obviously using it right now (laughs) to record this show and have had wonderful success with it. I love the quality. And so I'm a raving fan. I'll be the first one to raise my hand and run down the street with a flag with your logo on it. So (laughs) why don't you go ahead and just kind of give us a little 411 on uh, what you guys are working on. Yeah, well, we're super grateful to to be able to help with your remote interviews to start with, and um, that's what we do. So I'm the co-founder of Squadcast.fm, and we are a platform that helps podcasters like yourself record remote interviews that sound like you're in the same room. So it's kind of that sweet spot between um, being in different locations with you, your co-host or your guest, and uh, and still being able to capture that audio in um, in studio quality so that way your listeners have a great experience and they're not distracted from your message or your content they can really uh, focus on connecting with uh, with your message and the audio should never get in the way of that process so um, too often I think uh, it's kind of something that is uh, is just kind of left to uh, to some of the tools that that have existed for for other reasons and I, we felt that podcasters deserved, uh, podcast listeners deserve uh, much higher quality. So that's what we've been working on for the last two and a half years, uh, really close, really closely with the podcast community to uh, to bring something um, of value to the to the community so they can uh, everybody can step up their quality game with uh, remote interviews. Yeah, and and I I love the quality, and I'm so glad that I didn't have to bang around and try a bunch of different other tools that I, when I decided to launch my show, that I found you guys and have been using this tool since uh, my first episodes, and I will continue to use it. I think it's great. And it's cool because I, I wanted to uh, include you in this particular season because I think it's a unique perspective that you're going to be able to provide given that you're in the software development and you're creating 
uh, a, a piece of uh, a tool, so to speak, for people to be successful in their business. And there's a lot of things that go along with that from everything you're dealing with as a developer, where you're trying to solve UX problems, as well as make sure that your uptime is as high as possible, that you've got all of the infrastructure uh, that you need to support the tools so everyone has reliable service. And then on the other hand, you have the marketing and branding and, and just running the business and and what that's like, because as you know, the Simplify and Multiply audience is comprised mainly of solopreneurs and business owners, just like you, just like myself. Right. And I think that you can offer some really unique perspectives on what that's been like. I mean, can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you guys have had in the early days of bringing this tool to market? Yeah, so um, that's a great question. And we are, um, let me start off by saying we are a, a bootstrap startup. So we're not, um, we're not venture funded, we are self funded. And um, that gives us a, you know, a different perspective, I think, than most uh, startups who are who are uh, venture funded. And uh, we we wanted to, um, we wanted to go down that road, because um, we wanted to see, you know, if it was possible for one thing. Um, and also like, you know, ways we could, uh, ways we could learn from that experience. Um, so that, that puts an interesting kind of, that, um, frames this whole conversation a little bit differently than it would if we had, you know, uh, a, you know, a $10 million series a round or something like that, because it constrains our resources. And, um, that is a, that is, um, a blessing and a curse. So we, uh, we, we don't get to move as fast as we would like to sometimes because we can't just throw money at problems. Mm-hmm. But then as founders, it's also great because it affords us many more opportunities to, uh, to learn because we are the ones doing everything. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, there's no problem that I can escape from by hiring somebody to deal with it. Right. <laughs> At so least it, not now. <laughs> yeah. So it, it forces us into this very tight feedback loop with our customers, with our community, um, in, in every way. Uh, and that is, uh, something that I've really come to see as a strength, uh, not a weakness. And I, I think a lot of people would from the gate kind of, you know, um, from the outside looking in, see that as, as a weakness, but as long as we can continue to innovate and build, um, build very quickly and rapidly improve based on the feedback, um, which again is, is enhanced because we're very close in that feedback loop. So somebody can bring an issue to our attention and me personally can fix it and roll an update out later that day. Um, and I think that that's something that is, um, you know, is a uh, is a really an asset and uh i'm very grateful that we've uh we've been at it in we're in our third year and we're still bootstrapped so something that we're very proud of and um we we think is uh, is a strength not a weakness yeah that's great and you know i'm gonna do my share to spread the word about your your product because it's it's so good and you know to keep you guys in full control uh, of what's going on and it's interesting i kind of picked up when you were saying you know incorporating the feedback and i know that because i'm a user i'm a customer and i've been able to share a lot of things with you and you have made yourself very accessible and you've been very um 
what's what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like complementary from the standpoint of really hearing what I'm offering and incorporating that into what you're doing. And so if you're getting a lot of users that are saying similar things, it's pretty, you know, okay, we got to fix this. Everybody's kind of saying they they struggle with one little aspect over here. Right. But then you you also have to corral all of the and I'm sure you get a variety of people that are sharing uh, things that are like <laughs> almost annoyances because it's taking you off of your strategy. So how do you find the balance when you're getting that customer feedback mm -hmm. and being able to delineate what's going to be helpful, what you want to actually put into your plan for the next iteration and what you want to spend time with as far as like what's going to bring the most value? I appreciate that empathy um, because it is it is real and the opinions the you know the feedback I should say don't um, don't always um, you know coalesce very nicely together. Uh, sometimes people will want one thing to behave one way, uh, a whole other group of people will want it to behave um, the exact opposite. Or like, no, I don't I don't need that. You know, I don't I don't need video recording. Make it possible for us to have six people on the session. That's my my <laughs> chief priority. But other people, you know, they're they're not. Um, you know that that doesn't matter to them because they only have one co-host and one guest. So um, we like to see those as you know opportunities to to grow and opportunities to maybe depending on what it is provide a setting. You know, like an intelligent default, but also make it a setting. So uh, the other, you know, the other group of people can um, can configure it if they want to. Um, but most of the time, it 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 does jive really well um, together. And we've just noticed it over time that we have to we we don't take feedback um, raw feedback and then just do anything that anybody asks us to do. We we think about it. We try to be as deliberate as possible. We look for. Um, the ability to kind of replicate it if it is a problem. If it is a problem, it's unquestionable. We need to fix it. Um, and, you know, the priorities there come from kind of the severity of the impact or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of the decisions that we've made have also tried to set ourselves up for success so that we are dealing with those as minim minimally as possible. We also have a Facebook group and a, and a community, active community in there. So we can ask people questions before we make decisions for them about how things should behave. We ask them like and it, we, we kind of think of it as like a pre A-B test. Yeah. So we'll put um, we'll put like two different designs for like our green room as an example. And we'll put those into our Facebook group and say A or B, you know, and uh, or or tell us your ideal and what C should be. Right. So. It's one of those things where we um, people people want to be heard and want a say into how Squadcast uh, how they shape Squadcast, and um, and then anytime we do have an opportunity to to make an improvement that is a, based on direct feedback, we love to talk about it. And we write blog posts about it, and we say, "Hey, Scott Bradley pointed out this issue in our schedule, and thank you, Scott. We made this change and." It's now more better because uh, of you know Scott's engagement and contribution. So um, I also have a background in open source, um, which 
is a huge, uh, you know, it is basically like there's a governance structure for how these projects that impact thousands of people, millions of people should kind of evolve over time. And I think some of those, um, some of those characteristics, uh, Squadcast is not open source, but there are aspects of it that we, um, like that word contribution that I, that I just used, right. That's, that's kind of a way to look at it from the open source community. So, um, that's, that's kind of the way we see things. And uh, what I love about that, Zach, is, and I'm going to speak to the listener for a second. So as as you're listening to what Zach is sharing and the questions I'm asking, think about how this can apply to your business. And what the reason why I want to point this out is because it's so important to understand what your customers and your clients are experiencing in their work with you. And I do know that a lot of uh, a lot of my clients, for example, a lot of business owners have a little bit of resistance or they have a little bit of challenge actually getting true feedback from their clients because there's you know it's almost like they need a, an objective third party to actually obtain that mm -hmm. because so much of it is subjective and i think that we can learn a lot from you zach about you know when you have a product like you do where it's a development product that you totally 100% depend on users to provide that feedback to use the product and to see how it's working for them. So it's almost like you're all in it together right. and making that work. And I think that any business owner needs to think of their business that way. And it's one thing when you look at marketing and you say, okay, here's my target market. Here are the problems they have. You know, This is where they are. This is how I need to talk to them. But it's another to when you really have that deeper relationship with your prospective audience, as well as the, the people you're serving, you're actively serving, you can learn so much about what their world is really like. And it really helps you also refine and niche your audience that much more. And so I just wanted to kind of point that out for the listener, as well as uh, the conversation you and I are having, Zach, because I think that that's really valuable. Now, some of the things that I also wanted to talk to you about in regards to building a business of you is how you're coming forward with your personalities behind, like, I'm sure that like you and I know each other because, you know, I became a customer, we've had a call, now we're doing an interview. So I'm getting to know you as a person, Right. but in most cases, a lot of software, a lot of these apps and things that we use on a regular basis. We don't know really the people behind them. Yeah. And so when you look at creating a business of you, how are you guys kind of resolving that for your business? Yeah, we, um, we are much more intentional about it um, now than we've ever been. And that's, that's helpful. Um, and also the medium that we're working with folks in lends itself to these types of collaboration and conversation and really kind of finding a middle ground and having a, a longer form conversation about something and not just talking over, you know, chat. And there can be so much nuance lost in those conversations that we oftentimes we we use Squadcast to help provide support in Squadcast. And that way we can get, you know, connected through chat because that is the fastest way to reach um, to reach us. But then we will quickly ask like, hey, can we connect with you on in the session or some other way that is going to remove any barriers and um and provide support that way and then we also get a first-hand experience like you're saying of um of 
I've been in sessions with people where they're recording and um, and I can, you know, observe their workflow, what's challenging to them, what their, you know, ideal solution would be. And um, and we do a lot of that work and and did a lot of that work in the beginning to really just sit back and listen and say, you know, what are you doing now? What what don't you like about it? What what could be better? And um, and really, we see it as uh, as listening. Uh, our strength needs to be listening. But you also need to have, um, if you don't have anything to listen to, then that's a that's you know kind of trivial. So um, so we make ourselves very highly available, and um, that also has some interesting side effects. Where you know, yes, people can contact us and and talk with us um, about their experience and all of those things. I get that there can be resistance to that. Um, but we just, we had the luxury of just starting it that way. Um, so it wasn't like we had to make some cultural shift towards that. Um, but, um, the other thing is that there's side effects that, that, um, aren't kind of, of visible on the surface. And if people can get a hold of you and actually get a hold of you and have a conversation with, with, uh, you and your organization, they're way less likely to go and like rant on Reddit or like write yes. some crazy review about you exactly. or whatever. So, you know, people want to be heard and they deserve to be heard because they are your customer and they are the person who they are the people that you are in service of. So we um, we always listen. And I think that's the way we see it just kind of broadly. And then listening in all of these different ways, I think, uh, kind of add up towards um, an experience that is you know, we want it to feel like, um, yes, the technology should fade into the background and everything, but like Squadcast is made up of people. We are here to help you. Worst case scenario, you can get a hold of somebody in minutes, um, and in a minute and, uh, and then have people who are looking up your audio, getting it to you, making sure you're happy and that you have something that you can publish to your listeners. So, um, we, uh, we've designed the, the app. So that way we've designed the experience for for us to be able to to provide that level of service and um we it's kind of funny to us that like one thing i've noticed is that with like brick and mortar businesses people expect kind of like a, a white glove high touch like experience um with technology with a web app they almost uh they almost um expect the exact opposite where oh, they, how so? they they don't think that there's any people inside the box oh. And they don't reach out to support. They don't, they don't ask, um, they don't give the way we see it is those are opportunities for us to help them. And if, if it, if you assume every app, um, doesn't have support that will help you. And it's just like a list of, a list of articles that are, weren't written about you yeah, or whatever. The knowledge base. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's where support starts and stops, um, for, for nine out of 10 companies, why would they assume that the 11th company does it any differently? Right. So we Good have point. to go out of our way to tell people like, no, support is baked in. It's part of what you're paying for. There are people here and we can help you. Um, so we look at it as somewhere in between like a brick and mortar and, a and a technology, you know, platform because they're all you know worst case scenario the people are here to help and we'll jump in and make it right so um i think that it's it's just an observation that we've noted over time that like you know if 
if Squadcast had a front door, then like <laughs> people would come to us way more often for support. So we've had to communicate that more effectively. And that has, you know, gone a long way towards because uh, we've always operated this way, but we weren't always, you know, as good as we could have been about communicating that. So now people know it's our reputation and we're very proud of that. And I'm so glad that you created that distinction. Uh, I love that because I started thinking about uh, why I use um, Squarespace uh, mm -hmm. for my web website building platform instead of WordPress. And it's because mm -hmm. there are human beings that will actually respond via chat, via email. And it's, it's fabulous. It's, I have had so many instances where I've gotten stuck or I've had a problem with a site, which their site's uh, uptime is really great. Mm -hmm. um, it's usually something I, <laughs> I break on my end and then I get somebody on chat and they're like, well, let me take a look. And oh, Terry, you did this. I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, we're, but, we're all in that same boat. Yeah, so, but um, I love that there's a human associated with it and I will pay extra for accessibility to support that is responsive that way. I totally will. Yeah. And, and to make, you know, confuse things even further, like some of our, some of the other players in this space are known for the exact opposite. So people come in with that, you know, worldview of applications like ours, not providing support and that they are alone in this and all that. So we just, you know, we try to over communicate. We try to be highly available. We tell people, you know, like, we thank people all the time for the opportunity to provide them with support because it really is an opportunity for us to to take um, you know what may have been a frustrating situation and turn it around and make it a 180 to where they feel like Squadcast is their their new podcast superpower, right? So it's uh it's just one of those things where um, especially with an early stage technology company, I think uh, I think startups try to behave like like it's okay for Google like you wouldn't expect. You wouldn't expect to be able to like talk to a human about like Gmail or something like that. Like it's okay for that, but technology companies they seem to like from the jump uh, try to behave that way, and yeah. I think they're doing they it. Try to see if they can themselves. get away with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we just um, we knew our industry was about conversations and interviewing and connecting deeply with people. So we um, we saw that as a, an opportunity to connect with them, and then that helps us you know, um, be much more personal with them. And also like asking them what their shows are about, showing up to conferences, listening to them speak at conferences, helping them promote their shows and their episodes on social media, um, being available and contributing to uh, the local meetup scene. All of these things are opportunities for for um, for our team, my co-founder and I, to, uh, to show up and like listen and, uh, and just engage deep, more deeply with the community. Yeah, I love that. And I just I just want to point out to the listener because I'm really feeling your commitment to your audience and to your customers. And I've witnessed it as a customer and you've been incredibly helpful and responsive uh, to the, you know, as I was going through my learning curve, which is definitely on my end because <laughs> yeah. I've never used a tool like this before. And it was and you made it so easy and and accessible. That's and, the way we see it is it's like this didn't exist. Right. Like so we we have to help people. There's no there's no way. Um, otherwise, you're just kind of like yeah, you're just stumbling through something that you've, there's no content, there's no frame of reference for how something like this should have behaved because it's an entirely new thing. 
So you add you add that on top of being brand new to podcasting in general and like people people need help and we need to help them. So that's that's how we make podcasting uh, really what it should be is is by helping each other. And that's the the community is great at that. So we we had a we uh, we knew that from early on looking at the community that that um, that was an opportunity for us. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. This season's theme is all about building a business based on your expertise and what makes you, well, you. Why? Because that's where the money is. But here's the thing. Figuring out what makes you distinct from everyone else is hard because you don't see yourself the way people need to in order to buy from you. Life is perceptual, and if you're not communicating who you are and what you do in a way that your ideal client goes yes and hires you, you're leaving money on the table. A lot. So if you'd like help figuring out how to make your brand, your you, stand out, I can help. Book a free brand session with me by visiting pappychat.com. I'll tell you what you're doing well, but more importantly, where you may be missing opportunities to convert your target audience into paying clients. You'll come away with insights that will give you greater confidence in your brand and marketing. Book your brand session with me at pappychat.com and make your brand a slam dunk with those you're meant to serve. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T dot com. And I just love the graciousness in your in, in what you're saying. I can just feel the, you know, like I was saying, the the commitment and dedication to to being of service to your to your audience and your customers, and the podcast community. So Thank I want to, sh- yeah, sure. And I want to shift gears for a second because I'm sure that there are people listening that are thinking about uh, doing their own podcast or thinking about maybe starting to put themselves out there to be a guest on other people's podcasts. And I don't want to do a podcast 101 thing here. uh, But what I would like to do is kind of get you to express what you've been witnessing uh, change over the last year. I think there's been more change in the podcasting industry, uh, not only from users, but from providers such as yourself. I mean, even down to the microphone makers (laughs) and the setups uh, that are being sold. Uh, You know, what have you seen change? What are you seeing as things that are good, things that are bad, things that you're concerned about, things you're excited about? Mm -hmm. Just kind of give, give us a, you know, like an insider view from your perspective of the industry and what's going on. Well, it's an industry that I um, am very grateful to be part of because there is an every kind of like from the the macro down to the micro collaboration is built in to the community to the industry and i think that that comes from the example set by some of the bigger companies and bigger players in this space they all collaborate with each other if you look at if you look at the um one of the category like the most popular category for podcasts is like personal development if you take the top 10 podcasts in that category all of the hosts have guested on all the other shows and vice versa. <laughs> they help each other find guests. They they help each other promote their shows. There is at every level um, uh, collaboration, a sense of collaboration. And that is, that is something that um, we're very proud to be part of. Um, and Squadcast kind of, we see it as 
taking that um, and like bringing it, bringing that collaboration um, into uh, into the you know the 21st century um, with with podcasting. So um, to kind of look at it from a technology perspective, we saw it as like okay, like if you and I were collaborating on a blog we would be able to both create and consume content uh, for blogs and reading other blogs and writing blogs together. We would be able to do that all uh, all over the web from anywhere in the world. Podcasting, that, that was not true for. You could consume um, over the web, but creation uh, was a different story. So that's where we kind of saw things. And we're, we see that as, you know, we are literally collaborating on an episode right now. Exactly. So, um, so collaboration is very important to us kind of to the core. And, um, so that is, that is one, uh, you know, area that I think is, is awesome in podcasting. And, um, we could, uh, we could embody that maybe a little bit better from an industry perspective by, um, by sharing, um, and being more collaborative with the data that is, uh, the, the analytics from our shows, um, the, um, the publishing of our shows, our episodes, and all of those things could also be, um, modernized and follow a similar um, a similar approach to the way um, the way that other kind of uh, technology platforms behave. And uh, if I can draw a parallel between like the the Apple App Store and the Apple Podcast Directory, um, you know, getting access to your your apps uh, analytics data or its sales performance or any of those things, you can do that. Um, and it's built into the platform, but with the podcast, um, it's, it's less, uh, advanced than that. You cannot get access to your, your analytics, um, without directly going to the source and looking at it on Apple's website. So that's something that is a challenge right now that could definitely be improved. And there's a, there's a solid path forward for improving it. And, um, so yeah, this is actually something that we, um, our podcast, uh, between two mics is, is all focused around the, the challenges and opportunities that we see in podcasting. And, um, we're fortunate enough to have relationships with folks in the community who are helping define and redefine and push the boundaries of what's possible in podcasting. So, um, that goes from the technology perspective through to content and promotion and all of the different facets of, of our medium. And uh, there's really creative stuff happening kind of on the edges of podcasting. And those are the conversations that that we're having over there. So um, I can pull out probably my favorite example from from recent stuff uh, on the content side is uh, the folks at the the Night Vale Network, um, the, the Welcome to Night Vale podcast. They use some technology that's typically used for like dynamic ad insertion. Um, and they used it to have a... Um, a um, like uh, a different, a dynamic ending to their show. So depending hmm, on where you were at in the country, you got a different ending to this one particular episode. And uh, that's something that's never been done in podcasting before. Wow. And they didn't use it to dynamically insert an ad. They used it to dynamically insert an ending. And that is very creative. And there, yeah. that unlocks a lot of possibilities. Um, because we're used to websites being um, dynamic and like my Facebook is different than your Facebook and all of that are mm. my, my Amazon's different than yours. But that is not, you know, we all listen to the same podcast episode, whether, um, whether that's, you know, it's 
nobody ever really thought about it before. Yeah, it's because just it's like, like a static asset, it, you exactly. know, so to have a dynamic aspect about it based on criteria is like a little mind blowing there. <laughs> yeah, it unlocks a lot of creative possibilities. And, you know, hats off to the team at Night Vale for for thinking of that and coming up with that. And I think, uh, yeah, we're I'm curious to see what what folks will do next with that with that yeah. technology. Yeah, because usually we have to rely on like the show notes page to provide any kind of additional layer of experience mm -hmm. uh, because we're kind of locked into the confines of Google Play's environment or Apple Podcasts environment or Stitcher or any of those other channels. Yeah. Uh, so when we want to do something outside of the asset that we've created that is the podcast show, we have to, you know, kind of build that up on our own. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really uh, interesting things that I think can be done with that. Um, and then just, you know, shared access to data that's already ours, you know, is I think an important thing that'll help move the industry forward. Um, and that is a work in progress. So it's not like it's, um, you know, I think podcasting is a, is a work in progress and it's still relatively early days. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for, for people to, uh, to push the envelope and see see what's possible um with this with this new medium and it's uh, being it's really being treated at least from my perspective uh like a traditional media you mm -hmm. know like radio or television or print advertising it's being treated very traditionally in and, some senses not not all mm -hmm. um but but in some and like like there's you know, there's no gatekeepers to podcasting, you know, you get your host, you put it up. So that's different than radio. But in other ways, the ad, the ad side of things is, yeah, they're, they're trying to, to come at it from that perspective. And I don't think it fits, you know, one-to-one, -one. it's not a perfect fit. Yeah. So let's encourage creativity with podcasting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. There's a lot of opportunities uh, in like new stuff where folks are using podcasting because of the, the level of intimacy in our medium. Mm -hmm. Um, um, like a lot of uh, enterprise, uh, a lot of enterprise folks are creating internal podcasts for their um, for their employees to communicate with them. So instead cool. of doing like a, a corporate newsletter, they'll do like a fireside chat with like the founder and like employee of the month or something like that. Oh wow, that's really cool. I like that. That's creative. Yeah, and it, this is a, a huge. I was just talking with uh, with Jennifer Crawford over at Podbean about their level of growth into the enterprise and people um, in these companies creating um, multiple. I think that I think the a woman that I met at IBM uh, was telling me that they have they have several internal podcasts uh, to have like fireside chat with the CTO of IBM, and they're such a massive organization that. Um, just, you know, communicating and still preserving that humanity to have the intimacy from podcasts like help with that is a, is a really um, interesting way that folks are using it. Um, that's kind of outside the box of what we think about, you know, like a normal podcast setup. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I mean, it makes perfect sense, uh, especially when you've got an organization that, you know, just getting people to read the intranet, you know, yep. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. And these so. are global teams, right? So it, it's, mm. uh, I don't, I don't know, you know, inside Squadcast, we, we all talk to each other daily. So I don't know that, that, um, something like that would be cool for, for us, but, um, but it is an interesting way that folks are, you know, pushing, pushing forward, uh, podcasting. Yeah, that's great to hear. It kind of makes me really hopeful and excited about what's possible. And and it makes me also want to think differently about how I do my show, too. So 
uh, I'll be curious. I'll be following your your show as well as you know hearing things in the Facebook group uh, to see if there's anything cool that uh, might inspire some creativity. So I want to just kind of wrap up a little bit here with asking you: um, if, Is there any kind of coaching that you could give our listener who may be considering uh, doing a podcast and just some guidelines that you've seen your customers or just people in the podcast industry struggle with uh, that you could offer as some tips uh, that they could maybe explore more before jumping in and trying to figure it out on their own. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a tough one because um, because podcasting is as open and collaborative as it is, there's some level of kind of misinformation out there and like i think it seems way more complex than it than it actually is Mm -hmm. so i would say you know if you're if you're on the fence about podcasting or you've had kind of every time you listen to an episode you're thinking man i i could do this like that 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 could be me as the guest or whatever like um definitely take any guesting opportunities that you get let me say that up front because it is a completely underutilized untapped resource for most people who want to try to elevate their them um, their message so guesting is an amazing opportunity and that's why i was so grateful that you invited me on the simplify and multiply show of course Um, and uh and you know you're you are doing awesome work to create this this and foster this audience this community and um and then for us to share a conversation together you know um helps me provide value to to your listeners and and vice versa so definitely it's a it's it's a it's a very win-win situation and i don't really see any downside to that um so there's there's the guesting side so i would highly recommend that like don't let that be a barrier um to to basically say yes to any guesting opportunity you get Mm -hmm. um and then hosting um, is, uh, having, having an audience, fostering an audience is a, is a powerful thing. And there's kind of like, there's kind of like superpowers, side effects baked into having an audience that, that most people don't really consider until you, until you're, you're, you know, participating in it in some way or another. And, um, like one that I'm, I'm starting my, my personal podcast, uh, called, um, remove before flight and I'm using it as an accountability tool to help me achieve the big goals that I want to um, uh, achieve. So, um, you know, there is power in, in aud- having an audience keeping you accountable. And uh, that's something that, you know, is maybe like a, a meta um, side effect or something like that. So um, so having an audience is not just powerful because you can like monetize it in some way and have, you know, CPMs or whatever, like get you get you monetized um i think it's a very powerful tool for folks who already have a product or a service or some way that they're adding value to to reach more people and to reach more specific people and also it's a channel that you own so um like facebook and twitter and instagram and medium and you know email or whatever these are all fantastic uh ways to reach and communicate and collaborate with people but um, most of them you do not you do not own and you do not control from the top to the bottom. So uh, that's a little bit of the the way I see it is like, yes, podcasting is, you know, you do have to set up a host and get it into the players and all of that. But we're talking about 
like an hour's worth of copying and pasting. And, um, and then it's a one-time setup thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you own that marketing channel, which is something that you, yes, you did not have to do all this, you know, hour long setup for your Instagram account, but you also don't own your Instagram feed. Right. So, uh, so it's a little bit of a, of a trade-off there. And I think it's a very minimal trade-off. I agree. So the rest of it is, is consistency. And, uh, and then just don't, don't be afraid to get better. Like if you go back and listen to like, uh, Mark Maron's first episode or like Joe Rogan's first episode or, or our first episode, um, everybody gets better over time. It is not natural, uh, to, to do something like this. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Um, audio equipment is not intuitive to any human being that I've ever met. And, (laughs) And I work with, I work with professional people in audio. So it's, um, it's just a matter of uh, of being consistent, showing up, and and doing the best you can. And the cool thing is, is having conversations with people is much easier than sitting down and writing a blog post or like uh, you know going out and trying to capture like uh, you know a photo shoot or something. Or of a your video, video, yeah. video, yeah. Is video is way harder than um, than doing a podcast. And then if you ask any YouTuber, uh, any successful YouTuber. Um, what the most important thing about their videos are, they will tell you it's the audio. Yes. So if you start with audio and get good at audio and practice and kind of hone your craft in that, then making the jump to YouTube from podcasting is much more palatable than the other way around. So um, I, I would uh, recommend it as part of um, part of a larger media strategy. And that's where the folks like Paul Coligan and Pat Flynn advocate for this this multicast strategy mm-hmm. where you're using podcasting as your your source medium to um, foster an audience and and all of those things. But you're also able to repurpose that content into a number of different formats that you can use on these other marketing channels that you do not have ownership with of. So if the core of your content is coming from a channel that you have ownership of, and then the rest of it is just derivative content from that, mm-hmm. then you're using you're you're using it to its fullest extent and uh, and then you retain the ownership of it. So if one day it is marketable and monetizable and all of those things, you have that um, you have that ownership and you can actually like fully monetize it and not just share pennies with Google, right? So um that there's a, a lot of power in in that and owning that marketing channel and, and and it's just fun once you have it set up to have conversations with folks so uh i think that is uh that's how i've come to see things and we we waited two years to um to start our podcast um with squadcast because we wanted to get it right we wanted to make sure we fully understood um how to best utilize it and how to have it fit in and not just feel you know obligated to do it because it's the medium that we're helping people in we help people if you want to look at it i guess from a technical perspective we record like you know 500 plus podcasts a week um for folks so we we've been podcasting for a long time they just weren't (laughs) they weren't us in the conversations so yeah that's um it's it's an amazing opportunity and also an uh, an underutilized opportunity. Like, I don't know how many YouTube channels there are nowadays, but there's uh, seven hundred thousand podcasts, and that is a fraction of the number of folks that are creating content on YouTube. So that's your opportunity to get in there early and uh, and reach more people in a medium that is more intimate than 
you know, the seven or 10 seconds that people watch videos on YouTube. People listen to full episodes of podcasts and they're with you um, through that through that journey. So the connection, the level of connection is way higher. Yeah. And, and all that is so helpful. It's a, and I like hearing that perspective from you because I'm going to be giving coaching to my clients or people in general from a totally different perspective. You know, it'll be about content, about marketing, about positioning, about brand building, because that's my yeah. domain, right? That's my wheelhouse. Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned or that I've noticed in looking at how I'm evolving and growing through my own show, I mean, this is my third season now, is I find I love doing it. it, it it's it's not just like I get to, you know, create this asset and it's all about me kind of thing when it's really not all about me. It's about my audience. But it's about your guests, you know, yeah. lifting other people up. So that's, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I've noticed that I've been kind of pushing myself, or I guess a better word is allowing myself, is vulnerability. And mm. I think that because it is such an intimate experience, even if it's just me by myself without a guest, I can share, like I've shared stories from my past about, you know, being a widow, about being scared in my business and all of these things. And I think that that in and of itself is something that people are, are often afraid to be themselves. They're afraid to be weird and they're afraid to be vulnerable because they feel like they're producing this like professional persona that has right. to have your, you know, what together. And, and when in fact people want to listen to the raw and ragged edge, they want to know that they're not the only ones that are feeling that pain or feeling that, you know, that gap that they're trying to close that challenge, like they're not alone. And yeah. I, cause that's how I felt and still to many degrees feel today in having my own business and which is what this community is all about. It's about creating that camaraderie and that peer-to-peer -peer relationship of other business owners because it is lonely as a solopreneur. It's very lonely. And so, you know, these are all things that I'm like thoroughly committed to and I'm willing to lay out my heart <laughs> and soul and just tell people this is really what happened to me and this is what I'm doing about it and this is why I want you to be excited. So I found that I get so much reward out of having an open and vulnerable conversation, whether it's just me or with a guest. And I love it. I mean, I look forward to every show that I create because I'm so committed to my audience and to being ragged and real for them. Yeah. And we had uh, the, the good fortune of interviewing a good friend of mine, um, Drew Ackerman with the Sleep With Me podcast. And I saw him give a keynote um, speech at, um, at PodFest last uh, last year. So this would have been 2018. And his whole presentation for an hour was on vulnerability and how he had mm. this voice of a you know self-critic in his head telling him he shouldn't be doing this or anything. And, um, and our, the episode uh, where we spoke with him is called Turning Vulnerability into Your Superpower. Mm, I love and that. And I think... For me, Drew is kind of the embodiment of using vulnerability as your biggest strength. And uh, I love the book, um, Daring Greatly. And there's that quote with Teddy Roosevelt, like the, you know, the man or woman in the arena. And um, that's one of my my favorite quotes. And I think I think you're totally right that podcasting is is a really, really great fit 
for um, for being vulnerable, being being raw and real and connecting with people because we're, we're all in this together and we're all trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. So I think um, I think that podcasting just takes it to another level where something is lost in a blog post or not everything is uh, is people because they're on camera with video they still feel like there's that facade there's that that yes. sheet of glass in between whereas as a podcast like you're you're just kind of like laying it all on the line and the there's so much more emotion that is communicated through through the spoken you know um, spoken medium long form long form interviews where people can go tremendously deep into topics that would never be made for YouTube because people don't watch YouTube videos that long or mm-hmm. or uh, even less less so on like Facebook Live or or some of these other mediums and those are all great for for other reasons but I think there is something unique to podcasting and you hit the nail on the head with uh, with vulnerability. Yeah, that's great. And uh I'm going to have to check out some of those episodes. That sounds really good in that book too. So Drew Drew Ackerman is is an amazing individual and um yeah, I was just uh I was just with him last night. So he's uh he's super inspirational to me and also a world-class podcaster um who helps millions of people fall asleep every night. So he's doing <laughs> he's doing great work. That's great. That's great. Well, listen, Zach, this has been such a great conversation and I I'm going to drag you back on my show at some point in the future and uh, we're going to get some updates on the podcast industry and what's going on at Squadcast. But uh, I'm going to have lots of information for my listener on the show notes page as far as how to find out more about Squadcast and, you know, just get connected with Zach and his team over there on the West Coast. And uh, Zach, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for creating this amazing, amazing product. I love it. We're, we're really grateful for the opportunity to help and, um, and also the opportunity to connect with you more deeply and, and your audience. So I would, I would love to come back on the show. Um, just let us get, a, get a, some progress under, under our belt. And so we have some cool stuff to talk about, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get connected again and, and do another interview. All right. That sounds great, Zach. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.